0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Jared Neen, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. All right, let's get into the Word. Starting a new series tonight called Not Just Good, Great. Listen to me. Not just good, great. So over the next few weeks, we will... Teach you that there is a difference between good and great. How many of you know we serve a great God? Amen. Come on, you need to respond better than that. How many of you know we serve a great God? Amen. Amen. Jesus Himself was called the greatest among you. Amen? Amen. And that greatness now lives on the inside of us. Amen. He said to us, Jesus himself, whoever desires to be great, let him be your servant. But let me show you something. It is totally okay to desire to be great. Now you got to do it for the right reasons, and that is to glorify God, to advance his kingdom, to show Jesus in the community, that people would look upon your life and see the fruit of your life, see that there's something different about you. To see that there is strength when you should be weak. To see there is faith when you should be in doubt. To see there's hope when you should be in, in, in fear. They should look upon us, church, and see Jesus on the inside of us. And the Bible says you judge a man by his fruit, and the fruit that we should be bearing is great. Why? Because greatness is on the inside of us. And I just want to tell you right now, it is okay to want a great life. It's okay. I don't know who told you, maybe someone told you, that you shouldn't dream that big. You know what? You should dream that big. Your dreams should be so big that the only choice you have is to trust in God and the Holy Spirit to make it happen. Your dreams should terrify you a little bit. I mean, if Jesus said, I'm here to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever ask, dream, or imagine, your dreams should challenge you a little bit. Like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna have to put my trust in you. Holy Spirit, help me. God doesn't just want you to live good. He wants you to live great, amen. Great marriages, great businesses, great in your mental health, great in your physical health, great in your emotional health, great spiritually. Not just good, great. We see it throughout God's word. He is the much more God. He's the God of the abundant life. He is the exceedingly abundantly God. He's the God of prosperity, the God of victory, the God of joy, the God of strength, the God of restoration. I don't know about you, but all of that is great. Amen? Amen. Amen? It's great. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. So if this is true, then, why would we settle for anything less than great? If we believe that greatness lives on the inside of us, named Jesus, well, why would I settle for really good? So here's where this series came from. Last fall, I was in Los Angeles at, the, at a, what's called Hillsong Conference. You all know Hillsong Church, right? And um, Oh, I can tell you this also, that the Hillsong worship team that just won the Grammy, did y'all see that? Um, They're coming in October. To (laughs) Pays to come on Wednesday night, y'all. You get the (laughs) announcements nobody else gets, you know? (laughs) So Brian Houston did this, like, uh, little leadership thing with some of the pastors. He just made this kind of offhanded comment. And then he went in a totally different direction, but, like, the comment got me. I don't remember anything else he said, but, like... You know how when someone says something and you're like, it really convicts you, it challenges you, and then you have no idea, or like when you're reading a book and something grabs you, then you read like six more pages, and you're like, oh man, I have no idea what I just read. (laughs) Am I the only one? You know, yeah. So I made this comment. I think you can see it right there. There it is. The difference between really good and great is sometimes just about 5%. The difference between really good and great is sometimes just about 5%. Did you catch that? The difference between really good and great is sometimes just about 5%. be honest with you, sometimes just about 1% or 2%. We see it all over the place, right? I mean, you even see it in sports. I remember I was. Watching a tennis match two years ago, a guy named Roger Federer, he is the greatest men's tennis player to ever play. How many of you you all know tennis? I love tennis. I grew up playing tennis. And Roger Federer is like the Michael Jordan of tennis. He is the man. And uh, last year, he had had like this resurgence, and he won what is called the Australian Open. Uh, He just won it again a few weeks ago. And he was playing his arch nemesis, a guy named Rafael Nadal. And he he had kind of been dominated by Rafael Nadal for many years. And then it was in the fifth set, which is as long as a men's match can go. And he had been losing in that set. And then he comes roaring back. And I'm like in my living room all all excited. And um, it was in Australia. So it was on a Sunday morning at like 3 a.m. And I I like tennis that much. I stayed up. And um, I'm watching it. It's match point and he hits this forehand down the line and they call it out and I'm like, no! But then he challenges it and they have replay and the ball hit the line just like by that much. And then he celebrates, it was really anticlimactic because it was replay, so it's like, oh it was in and he's like, oh I won, instead of like having a big moment it's like, because it was on replay. So they interview him at the end and he says, you know, Sometimes the difference between winning and losing is just about 1%. What's weird is it happened to him again this year. It, the tournament literally ended the same way on the match point, and then he said it again. He said, you know, sometimes the difference between winning and losing is just about 5%, uh, or just about an inch. He said it like that. I remember when Brian Houston said it. I remembered Roger Federer saying it, and it convicted me. I thought, started to think to myself, well, if the difference between really good and great is just about 5%, well, that also probably means that the difference between good and really good is just about 5%. And so often, the difference between bad and good is just about 5%. 5% more effort, 5% more forgiveness, 5% more... Commitment, 5% more sacrifice, 5% more discipline, 5% more focus, 5% more uh, 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 kindness, 5% more generosity. 5%. Sometimes 1%. Amen? And the truth is, is that if God wants us to live great lives, not bad, not good, not even really good, but great. Why then would we ever settle for anything other than the greatness that God wants us to have? And he put it on the inside of us. So I mean, it, this thought kind of struck me to my core. So I started praying about it, started thinking about it, started meditating on it. And I got back from that conference, we had men's night. And I like whipped together a little thought about it. Had this huge response. It's like, oh, I guess I'm not the only one. Turned it in. So then I thought, okay, I'm I'm gonna really study it. And so this series came out. My thought process here is, I believe in the next month that God will challenge you expose to you and show you how to take areas of your life from bad to good, from good to really good, and from really good to great. And there's a good chance that it only takes a little adjustment in a couple places. Sometimes we think it takes an entire pendulum swing. Every once in a while, that's the truth. But so often... The truth is, it just takes five percent and you go from bad to good, good to really good. Once you're at really good, a little more five percent, sometimes one percent, two percent, three percent, and you go from really good to great. Now here's where the message started. During the process, I asked myself, Jared, are there areas of your life that you need to address? Through that, I asked myself five questions. So I'm gonna ask you the five questions tonight. Next week, I'm gonna talk to you about another area. The third and fourth week, I'm gonna talk to you about your future. The topics of the third and fourth week will be called Your Values, Your Future. The reality is what you value today in your life will determine what you deal with in the future. Wow, Did you hear what I said? Your values are your personal convictions, your decisions, your belief system, who you really are. That's your value. And your value will determine your future. Amen. If you value kindness in your marriage, the results in your marriage will be kindness. If you value being rude, the results in your marriage will be bitterness and unforgiveness. You can come in here and pray and worship all you want, but you're still gonna deal with it. Oh, nobody liked that, huh? Remember when we were being funny? <laughs> Remember? Remember all the joking about singing when the drums aren't playing and you can hear, ah, nobody likes the true talk. So, how do we do it? How do we do it? Let's take a look at these questions. Now. I'm posing these questions. I asked myself these questions. But I'm posing them to you. And my prayer is, is that through this, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Amen. Amen. And he'll show you, maybe at work, 5%. Maybe in my marriage, 5%. Maybe with my kids, 5%. Maybe in your physical health, 5%. Maybe in your relationship with God, 5%. Just just, amen. Question number one. Here we go. Have you settled or become indifferent? Turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation 3. Have you settled or become indifferent? Jesus speaking here is called to the lukewarm church. I pray our church is never called the lukewarm church. When you read this chapter, God didn't have a lot of nice things to say to this church. Chapter three, verse 15, Jesus speaking. It says, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you would be cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Say what? I will vomit you? Now, full disclosure, your pastor didn't look up what the Greek word for vomit means. Charles would have looked it up. Jared just came to the conclusion that he just doesn't want to be any part of it. Whatever that means, I don't want to be a part of it. Can I get a good amen? Yeah. Like, I don't want God thinking I'm a vomit Jared out of my life. No. No, 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 no. I need the God of the entire universe to be on my side. I want to walk in his grace. I want to stand in his mercy. I want to live by faith, living an overcoming, victorious life. I don't want God looking upon me going, Bleh. <laughs> Can I get a good amen? Amen, amen Jared. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> and he says that you get it, from settling. You're not hot. You're not cold. Have you settled? Become indifferent? What's indifferent? Well, I guess this is good enough. Guys, 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 it is what it is, okay? It is what it is. Can I tell you something? No Christian ever has justification to accept that it is what it is. Okay. The devil's got no control over you. He has no place over you. You have been given the victory through Jesus Christ. There's nothing the enemy can bring into your life No addiction, no depression, no pain, no wrongdoing, no unforgiveness, no bitterness, no regret, no guilt, no shame, no failure. Micah 7 verse 7 says, do not laugh over me, devil, for when I fall, I shall arise. Even when you fall, you don't accept. Well... Stop it. Victory has been laid up on the inside of you. What are you settling for? Don't give in to the devil. Come on, fight the fight of faith. Get your energy back. Get your your passion back. Give up. Don't give up just because the doctor told you something. Have we forgot that greater is Jesus Christ Christ? on the inside of us, then depression, then addiction, then cigarettes, then alcohol. Who's greater, Jesus or the devil? Come on, Abundant Living. I said, who is greater? Well, well, but here's the question. Have you settled in your marriage? at work? Maybe you didn't get the promotion so now you just Meh. 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 Your physical body? You gained a little too much weight and now you've ex- you've settled, you've accepted it? Wow. <laughs> Nobody likes it when you talk about that, you know. <laughs> What about your dreams? Why aren't you going back to school? You, you always wanted to get a master's degree, and why, why aren't you? How long are you gonna make excuses? Why, God didn't give you that dream for it not to come true. He gave you the dream to do exceedingly abundantly beyond that dream. Why haven't you opened the business? Why haven't you gotten down on your knees and asked your, your spouse to forgive you? Why, why, why not? Because you've just settled? No Christian has the, an excuse to settle. We serve the God of glory to glory, victory to victory, God of moving forward, the God of healing, the God of restoration. Not the God of, well, I guess that's good enough. Jesus came so that you can have life and life good enough. Life okay. No, for real. Don't settle. Amen. But you gotta ask yourself, have you settled? I'm gonna move on. Let, Let me say this. The Bible, now a lot of people think, but the Bible says to be content. Yeah, it does. That means to give God praise for where you're in, but it also says to keep going. I mean, guys, I'm content, but I'm also not satisfied. There's empty seats. This is great attendance on a Wednesday night. There's still empty seats. I'm content. Praise the Lord. I'm also not satisfied. Amen. 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 You can always get smarter. You can always get better. You can always be happier. Yeah. Amen. You can get stronger. Amen. So be content. Even in the storm, you praise God, you worship God, you trust God. But don't sit in the storm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Devil just wants you to pitch your tent and build your house in the valley. Amen. He just wants you, oh, well, I guess we're going to live in the valley. Don't live in the valley. Go through the valley. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're amening. It's kind of challenging though, huh? I mean, this type of teaching gets you thinking. And I hope it does. That's why we're here. So our lives get better. So we grow, right? Like we taught on the weekend. So we grow. We got to grow. Let's get better. Amen. We're Christians. We're supposed to have an impact. So let's grow. Let's get better. Let's go from really good to great. Amen. If there's an area that's bad, let's turn that bad to good. And then we'll work on getting it really good. And once it's really good, we'll just get it great. And then we'll get to great and let God do exceedingly abundantly above that amen. Number two. Have you relented on your commitment or your effort? So have you settled? And then you got to ask yourself, have you relented on your commitment or your effort? Let me show you this scripture. 1 Peter 1 verse 13 through 16. Out of the Message Bible. Check out these words. It says, so roll up your sleeves. Put your mind in gear. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming with Jesus. Watch this, don't lazily slip back into your old grooves of evil, doing just whatever you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. (laughs) I love that. Energetic and blazing with holiness. You know what I see there? Number one, God says, roll up your sleeves, man. You know what I see? Get to work. Amen. Come on, you want to have a great life? Get to work. Amen. Greatness isn't easy and just doesn't happen. How many of you want to have a great life? Amen. How many of you want all of what God has for you? Amen. Well, guess what? Get to work. Get to work. You want to get a promotion? Get to work, homie. Then it says, get your mind in gear. You know what I say? I, I read there? Stay focused. Stay focused on the prize. Paul said, I press on toward the high calling. I run the race to win the prize. I ain't in this race to just run. I'm in this race to win. Stay focused. Did you know that they have proven now that 30% of time at work is wasted on social media now? 30%, that's 12 hours out of a 40, that's a day and a half wasted on social media and the internet. Not just me making it up, that's actual research. Well, I wonder who will get the promotion. Maybe if you take that 30% and cut it down to 5%, you'll get the promotion. Stay focused, man. You got your kids running around and you're checking Instagram. Stay focused on your kid. Amen, Amen Jared. Amen. No, for real, <laughs> okay. I hear you, Jared. I'm <laughs> preaching to myself too, guys. Get your mind in gear, stay focused, be totally ready. You know what I say there? I see there, it says be committed. Be committed. Be ready. When God brings opportunity, be ready. Be committed. Be the man you say you're going to be. Be trustworthy. Be reliable. Amen. Be disciplined. Stay focused. It says, don't lazily slip. Hey, put the effort. 5%. Put the effort. How about in your marriage? You still putting the effort? No, for real. I mean, you still putting the effort? Remember back in the day? Remember like date number three, ladies? Remember? Go get your hair done. Go get a manicure. Put on that sexy dress. Looking all fine. Walked out with some attitude. Husbands, you were there. Not even husbands at that point, you're there opening the door. Girl, you smell nice. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Now it's like, you wanna go to dinner? You wanna go to dinner? I'm tired, I've got a headache. You didn't have a headache on date number four. But then, we, no, I mean, we're laughing, ha ha ha. But remember when you used to put the effort? Remember when you used to apologize? Remember when you used to sit and talk? Now we watch TV? Remember when you used to say yes when someone wanted some adult time? You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. Remember when you used to put effort? A lot of times the difference between good and great is just who puts the most effort. Who tries the hardest. A lot of times the dude that gets the promotion is just the guy that outworks the other dude. Go outwork that guy and get the promotion. Amen. That's good preaching, man. Amen. And it says, be energetic. I'm tired. Welcome to the world. I got toddlers, I'm exhausted. My son's five and a half. I've been exhausted for five and a half years. I am exhausted. But come on, get your energy back. So I'm so tired. Drink some coffee, man. I'll give you one of those blue drinks I'm always walking around with. I'll bless you with one. Get your energy back. A lot of that's just a choice. Amen. 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 Here's a question Who wants it more? How badly do you want greatness? You know, you could transform your marriage tonight. Transform it 5%. 5% more kindness, 5% more effort, 5% more forgiveness. 5% 5% more joy, 5% more believing in each other, 5% more encouraging in each other. Come on. You can transform your business. 5%. I gotta move on. Question number three. Have you withdrawn or backed off your vision? You know, vision's so important. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. I like to read that from a positive standpoint and say it like this, where there is vision, people thrive. Amen. I mean, right? You just, I mean, if you just flip it, if, if people perish where there's no vision, well, then automatically that means that where there is vision, people thrive. Right? Bible says, write the vision down, make it plain so they that see it can run with it. Do you have a vision for your life? I've got a vision for every area of my life. Physically, emotionally, I have a vision as one of the pastors of this church. I have a vision for it. I have a vision as a husband. I have a vision as a father. I have a vision as a friend. I even have a vision for myself as a pastor off the stage. Like, I have one up here, but then off the stage. Guys, there's there's men and women in this room that I have visited you in hospitals, I've called you when you were depressed, I've helped you, I've counseled you, because I have a vision for that, and that matters to me. It's not just about preaching up here and being funny and sharing the word. Amen. A few weeks ago, I left lunch with my family to go to a hospital to pray with them. I'm not bragging on myself. It's just because I have a vision for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just got a vision. But vision gives you purpose. Vision gives you something to move towards. Vision goes out into your future and gives you something to chase. Guys, vision gives you reason to wake up in the morning. Vision gives you reason to get to work early before everybody else gets it. Vision gets you to work and and causes you to stay late because you know the project's got to be done. See, vision, vision makes you save money instead of wasting it at the mall because you and your husband, you and your spouse have a vision to build that new house. You got a vision to pay off that debt. You got a vision. Vision gets you to the gym. Vision makes you eat lettuce instead of french fries. Come on, somebody. Because I don't want to be at the doctor's office and him telling me I better eat lettuce. No, I'm going to eat the lettuce now. Vision gets you on your knees in front of your husband asking for forgiveness. Because I ain't going to have that type of marriage. Vision keeps you at home on a Friday night instead of going out and getting drunk with the boys. It keeps you at home and you watch TV. With your, with, with, you hang out with your family, and you read your kids the Bible before they go to bed, and you pray over them, and you remind them that they're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, that they're blessed going in, instead of stumbling in at three in the morning drunk. I ain't judging you, but that's not the kind of life I want. I want my kids to grow up serving God, to be men and women of integrity and honor and, and honoring the Lord. Amen. It keeps you home. No, man. No, I ain't doing that tonight. I'm staying at home with my wife and my kids. We're going to go to Peter Piper and get some takeout pizza. And then I'm going to put them to bed. I'm going to pray over them. And we go to Netflix and chill. <laughs> 5%. Do you have a vision for your life, man? you got to have vision. got to have vision. Amen? Amen? Are you glad you came to church so far? Amen. Number four. Oh, boy, here we go. Boy, I hope you love me. <laughs> We've been, maybe you missing me. Maybe, we, you know, you, you give me. Have you accepted personal responsibility for your life? Here's the reality. If you want a great life, you better take ownership of it. You better take ownership of it. Only you control you. Your sister don't control you. Your husband doesn't control you. Your wife doesn't control you. Your boss doesn't control you. Can I tell you something? God doesn't even control you. The devil definitely doesn't control you. You wanna know who controls you? You. No, but we don't like that, do we? No, we live in a blame, 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 blame society now. Come on, somebody, is that becoming like the curse of our society now? Everything is everybody else's fault. We had great examples of it, started in Genesis, right? Adam, God comes down. Hey, what happened with the tree? What did Adam say? It was the woman you gave me. (laughs) Good old Adam. I don't know, God. It was either her or you, but it wasn't me. Yeah, it was. You know who God had put in charge of making sure nobody ate that tree? Adam. Not Eve. Not God. Adam. What did he say? It was the woman you gave me. You know, the key to your life going forward is accepting responsibility for it. The key to your life stagnating is blaming everybody for it. Amen. Amen. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. The most successful people in the world, they learn from their mistakes and they keep moving forward. The people that live good, not really good. They blame people for their mistakes and they stagnate because they keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And then people pass them by. Life passes you by. People will try to bring accountability into your life. They'll try to help you. They'll try to encourage you. They'll try to push you forward. They'll try to tell you how to change. I've experienced it a lot with myself and with people on, in, in our world. You try to push them forward, you try to teach them, you try to help them, you try to encourage them, you try to show them a different way. Nope, 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 nope. But boy, you do that in your own life and you will stagnate. Your life will stop and the world keeps going. You wanna live a great life? You take responsibility for your life. You take ownership of it and listen. There are times in life where people do stuff that negatively affects your life. But even in that, the most important thing is not what they did, but how you respond to it. And then let's take it all the way down to the fully self-accountable level, and I would say to you, well, why did you make the decision to allow them to be in your life to where they could negatively affect your life at that level? Oh, that gets intense. Right. And when you start thinking that, that is when you get to a fully self-accountable level. The most successful people in, in life permanently ask themselves three questions. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And how do I, what can I do to get better? Amen. Because even in your rights, you can do better. Amen. Come on in your wrongs, you can definitely do better. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And where can I get better? And if you will live your life asking yourself those three questions, your life will always get better and better. You'll go from bad to good, good to really good, really good to great. Amen. 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 Number five, Have you drawn away from God? So have you settled? Have you relented? Have you backed off? Have you accepted responsibility? And then have you drawn away from God? James 4 verse 7 it says in the Message Bible, I think they're going to put it, there it is. It says, so let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin and purify your own life. It goes on to say, get serious. Get really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It is the only way to get on your feet. Hello. Get down on your knees before the master. It is the only way to get back up on your feet. Have you drawn away from God? You used to come to church twice a week, now it's once. used to pray every day, now it's sometimes. used to read the Bible, now we watch TV. used to serve, but somebody offended you so you don't anymore. How long are you going to let that offense keep you from doing what you know you should be doing? Come on. Come on. Well, I didn't understand a decision that was made. Okay. Well, go ask someone about it, but don't let that rob you of what you need to be doing. Your boss can't explain everything to you. You need to keep going forward. The amazing reality about God, though, is he will not force himself into your life. Did you hear what I said? He won't force himself into your life. Now, He is your ever-present, ever-ready help. In the King James, that same verse says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You draw near to God. The amazing thing is that it is not equal drawing. The transaction there is tilted in your favor. See, when you draw near to God... You draw near in your ordinary and he draws near in his extraordinary. You draw near in your natural, he draws near in his supernatural. You draw near in your brokenness he draws near in his restoration. You draw near in your sickness, he draws near in his healing. You draw near in your mistakes he draws near in mercy. You draw near in your mess-up, he draws near in undeserved unmerited favor. You draw near in fear and doubt, he draws near in hope and faith. You draw near defeated, he draws near in victory. Why? Because he is always there. Your greatness lies in surrendering your life to Jesus and giving it all to him. Would you stand to your feet? I've asked the worship team to come. I've found that this teaching is challenging and it it speaks to people. And I'm gonna take a moment. Before we go any further in this series, you know the Bible said there, we read it, to get down on your knees before the master. I believe there's something about taking a step of faith with Jesus. I believe there's something about literally getting down on your knees in the house of God and leaving it at the altar of God. And, um, you know, I, I, I think there's some husbands and wives, you're going to leave your bitterness here tonight. I, I think there's some business owners, you've settled, you've stagnated, and you're going to come and you're going to get your hope and your dream back. There's some people you've given up in your physical life, and you're going to come and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and encourage you. There's some people... Here tonight that through this, you, you, you don't even have a vision anymore, but the Holy Spirit's going to start speaking to you again. So I'm going to ask you to get out of your seats. If I spoke to you and there's areas of your life that you know you need to let it go, you need to renew, you need to restore, you need to uptick five, maybe 10, maybe 20%. Maybe you're not even close to great in certain areas of your life. I'm gonna ask you to come down here and I have seen every time I've spoken this, I've spoken it out of town now, that people leave here healed. They leave delivered, they leave restored, they leave with hope again. So just gather your stuff and start coming down here. Husbands, wives, some of you are gonna come down here, you're gonna start weeping together, your marriage is gonna get restored tonight. Some of you given up on an addiction and you're gonna come down here and the Lord's gonna start speaking to you. Some of you have given up on the depression and you're gonna come down here and the Lord's gonna start healing you. Some of you have, are so broken hearted, but you're gonna come down here and you're gonna leave it here with Jesus, amen? If you have no reason to come down here, all the more reason to lift your hands and worship. Some of you have given up on your kids and you're gonna come down here and take a step of faith for your kids. Don't give up on your kids, still love your kids. Amen, y'all can get up here, okay? There's a lot of people. Can some of you come up here? You can. You can join me, it's okay. We're not going to put the camera on you. I'm not going to mess with you or anything. Just come up here. Go ahead, team. Would you lift your hands towards Heaven Church? We're going to sing I Surrender. I want you to surrender this to God. Just give it to Him. The Bible says, Cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. The Bible says, To come boldly to Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray for every man and woman, young or old, every husband, every wife, every employer, employee, every friend, every mother and father, every child of God that's down here and even in this room if they didn't make it down here. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our lives. We just give it to you now, Lord. Here we are all of us we give it to you we get down on our knees before you lord and like your word says you are the only way to get back up lord you are the stand up and the recovery you are the life that satisfies god we just surrender to you we give you our marriages we give you our hopes and our dreams god we give you the addiction We give you the pain, we give you the hurt, we give you the brokenness, we give you the hate, we give you the evil, we give you the sin, God. And right now in your house, we believe that you are the source and the supply, the healing and the deliverance, the restoration and the hope. You are the life that satisfies God. You say that greatness is on the inside of us so right here we declare that we will not accept anything less than the greatness that you have for us to all your promises we say yes and amen we believe we are healed we are delivered we are set free we are strong in the Lord and the power of your might. we declare that we are free in the name of Jesus. Father, I believe that our houses are flooded with love, joy, peace, and happiness. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way as the catalyst of our hearts. Pick us up. Restore us. Strengthen us. Give us wisdom. In the name of Jesus Amen. Amen. Can somebody give God a great shout of praise? Come on, church. Can you all stay here? Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at ALFC.com.